You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is. Dude, it's another. You need a better yo than that. And here's what I'm hoping that yo conveyed. Oh, come on. Dude, they won two of three in San Diego and they lost a game in the standings, Jack. And, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to be real. We never lie to the Hopes listeners. It's the ethos of this podcast. It's what we do. Honestly, honestly, I know they won two or three in San Diego. The loss is the one that sticks in my head. Like, how do you lose that game? How do you lose that game, Jack? A walk-off two-run, or excuse me, a tying two-run home run in the ninth, and then a walk-off wild freaking pitch, Jack? Like, that. see, recently... On this podcast, you've been the, you know, one of your things about why it's been better to watch Phillies is like, oh, they don't lose painfully anymore. It's just a normal loss. Guess what, pal? We're back. How you doing? Yeah, that game was painful, although I didn't see Uh it because I fell asleep. But yeah. You're so lucky, dude. I'm so jealous of you for falling asleep because my dumbass is sitting there ninth innings saying, oh, it's going to be great. We're going to win this game. Game Nola. This is awesome. Awesome. And then, yeah. It hurt way more in the moment. I'll tell you that, buddy. Yeah. Um. I listen. I didn't plan on falling asleep. Uh. But <laughs> like, and, I'm not gonna lie. A little, little disappointed. I mean, no. And for as dis- for as disappointed as you are, and and all the listeners out there are, um, about what happened. Um. I agree. I'm with you as well. Like, I, I felt so much yeah. shame when I woke up because because it happened. Good. It happened on Friday night. Too. I mean, you call me the old guy. We're I just know. you know. If, if if the old guy or the young guy were gonna like fall asleep during a game, like that's the old guy trope, not the young guy trope. It I'm is. just saying. It is, and that's why I'm so embarrassed. Um, because I usually make fun of you for being the the elder statesman of this podcast. I know. Um, but I just I I don't like I woke up so I fell asleep and I woke up at twelve like whatever and I looked at the score and I was like ah damn it. But then I was like <laughs> I was like come on man they really blew that game. But I, again I don't. I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. Now I did go back and rewatch, so I'm all, I'm all good. But falling asleep is probably the most embarrassed I've been as a Phillies fan in my entire life. Like, like I don't, I pride myself in loving the West Coast games. I pride myself in real fans. Yeah, you actually, you like make it a thing. You like make a, like almost. I know life's a bit, but you make a bit out of it. Like almost like the real ones stay up. That's kind of your. Your shtick. That's you know? my point. Is it real fans stay up for West Coast games? Oh, I and I fell asleep. I fell asleep. Now, in my defense, oh, here's my here's my defense. I I honestly don't even know if we can do an in in defense here. I think you just almost take it on the chin. But but you know, give whatever excuse you're gonna give here. Go ahead. Friday, I was drunk, and <laughs> Saturday. That's it. That was it. That was all. 
don't give me your five hour show because that better not be your excuse. I did 10 hours of radio the two days prior. So I, I hope you're not going to do that. I did a five-hour shift on Saturday, and it was just a really long day. That's a lot. That's a, Five hours of radio and doing radio is a lot. So, like, listen, I mean, uh, I was tired. I was a little, I was a little tuckered out. Wow. And it was, uh, man, so, so here's the thing. As disappointed as you were in the moment waking up, seeing they lost the game, be like, oh, I'll see you tomorrow, probably a good thing. That was really painful in the moment. As disappointed as you are in yourself – all of us, as in High Hopes Nation, is that much more disappointed for the excuse you just gave. Like, we're all, I mean, embarrassed for you is right. probably the, the word. You know, that's the sentiment that I'm feeling right now. No, yeah, and, and they should be. And and <laughs> But five hours of radio Take is a lot. Chin, no, five hours of radio is a, a lot, and I was tired, and I was driving a lot, and I just... You know, I don't know how it happened. Like, I saw, I understood how Friday night happened. I went out, had some fun, came back, fell asleep. Like, that happens. Saturday, I, because I did a whole. You fell asleep both nights? Both nights. Hold up, hold up. Both nights. You buried the lead here. I I said I I did it both nights. I was up at 1.50 a.m. watching the Phillies win that first game. And I I was also up on Saturday. That's what I'm saying. saying. That's what I'm saying. So, Friday night, I went out with with some friends and Jill. And I got back, and I watched it, and then I fell asleep outside, which makes it even worse. Um, <laughs> it actually does make dude, it Dude, on, like, a freaking lawn chair, too, like, like or whatever. Like, Who does that? Dude. How old are you? I'm, like, you're, you might – we're getting dangerously close <laughs> to you not being able to make fun of me for being old anymore. <laughs> That's – and it's my favorite bit in the entire world is making fun of how old you are. I know. I um, know. So so yeah so Friday night I fell asleep and I woke up at like three forty five and 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 saw they they won and that was great and all of that and then like James I made a bit out of it the next day on the radio saying well that won't happen again <laughs> like I'm I'm so embarrassed really? yeah yeah and I did this whole thing about how like I'm so embarrassed I fell asleep and all this stuff and then um and then I even like I brought wow. on, I brought on Franz and Fransky from San Diego and said you guys made me fall asleep last night you were so boring that don't wow. do, don't do that again and then I fell asleep again. Oh man, dude! I know. I I appreciate you admitting this to everyone, because you know it's borderline, maybe actually, a lot of the IOPS listeners type of thing. <laughs> we're, we're like on the line there, but but have you didn't? But we I don't appreciate you not. You you can't you say that's the, that's the ethos of this podcast and then do that. I agree. I agree. I agree, and I'm happy you didn't because that was the right decision. But man. You know, it was a long week, though. uh... It was a long week. I mean, we had we had we had had to get up. Do you have any more excuses? Do you want to just like rattle all the ones you have off in a row so we can just get them out of the way? I do have more. Do do you want to just keep do you want to just keep throwing them in as we go? I do have more. I I, I had to get up. I had to get up early on Tuesday up at like six. Oh, yeah. It's a good (laughs) Tuesday. Yeah. I was, I, I was at fish shows last weekend. Yeah, well, at least I was, was able to do a podcast on Sunday night with someone uh-huh, would get a new computer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Not, not to turn this around on you, pal, but I was ready to go on Sunday. <laughs> Tuesday, Tuesday, I had to get up early because I drive Jill to work on Tuesdays, and I was really tired. Okay. Wednesday, I stayed up for the D- Diamondbacks game. Tuesday, I stayed up for the Diamondbacks game. And Thursday, I was stressed out all day, so my brain could barely handle it because I had to do the Eagles game on the radio. And then Friday night, I was out with my friends celebrating a good time. And then I fell asleep. And then Saturday, I did five hours of radio. You ever done it before? No, you haven't done it before. So, so why don't you calm down? I've d- I did 13 hours of radio. No, you didn't. 
on the well, air, I wasn't hosting. On the I air, you did 13 hours. Or produced, were you producing? I, no, I produced for I okay. produced for thir- my I produced a 13 hour shift. Once, okay, which is the longest shift. Different. So now I've done five hours on the air though, but that's the max. But I've never done five hours by myself. Five hours, look, I mean it's a it's a we don't curse in those podcasts, but a bull bleep po- uh, excuse for why you fell asleep for a Phillies game. But I've not hosted five hours a lot. It's a lot. I'll give it to you. Now I will say fall, falling asleep with that Nola performance is is probably the most. That's what makes it harder. Yeah, and oh, I, 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 no, what makes it hard is that you you made a bit out of it and gave Scott Fransky and Kevin Franzen crap about it, and then felt, that's that's by far the worst part of this. Like light years, the worst part of this. Now I will say, didn't fall asleep yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, you stayed up for the afternoon. I'm so proud of you, buddy. Thanks. Good job. Thanks. It's good work. Man. I appreciate it. Really. <laughs> what do we do? What do we do here? We keep Where talking we because here? we got a podcast yeah. to do, and I I rewatched it all, so we're all good. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Is this gonna Let's turn go. into the new Nance thing where you're gonna be like, oh, you stay awake for the games? <laughs> uh it wasn't going to until you suggested that, and now I think I might. Yeah. So yeah, and I good looking out. Life's a um, bit. All right. Let, yeah. Let, so here, like. In all seriousness, and we'll get to the game themselves, but like, like honestly, how do you feel about the fact that they won two or three in San Diego and come out of the weekend another game back? Like, are you as frustrated as I am right now? Do you have like honestly? Do you have hope? Are you hopeful right now? Oh, of course. I mean, yeah, yeah. Of course. I, <laughs> I mean, of course, I have hope. Like, I mean, they're only. All right. Can I? Right, here's where I am. Just, just being honest, is that I was actually really frustrated after they won Friday night. No, I, my eyes were closed. But when I <laughs> when I rewatched, because I was like, I was like, that's fights. Like you guys actually fought. Like you guys played hard and you you grinded out a win and you found a way to win a baseball game instead of losing a baseball game. And like I thought, I thought the Segura at bat in the sixth was the most like the the biggest example of that. Like Gene Segura for like he's on this one for twenty one streak he was on. He grinded out like a three. He finally got to a three two count. Fouled a ton of balls off and all this stuff. And then and then I think JT did it next as well and actually grinded out at bats. And it's like like how the how did that Diamondback series happen? Like that Diamondback series cannot happen. And like my thought was like that's the that's what makes a winning team versus a losing team. Simple as that. Losing teams have momentum, go into Arizona, and get swept. Winning teams, a la the team in Atlanta, go and take care of business, win 17 of 19, and win nine straight like against bad teams. But that's what they do. They take care of business. And the Phillies, like, to, to be able to rise to the occasion and, like, and, the, and clearly play up to competition, that annoyed me. Like, it annoyed me that they were able to do that given what we'd seen in Arizona. So, yeah, I'm frustrated that they were able to do that. But on the other hand, they're only four games out of the wild card. They're in like the honestly. Wow, we're going wild card now. Wild card wow. fever, but but James, like wow. But but here's the thing: the season is decided with these next three series. That's as simple but as without, that. Without without quite Labor Day, by Labor Day, Jack, you are a hundred percent right. By Labor Day, the season will be decided because the Braves have a tough stretch here. The Phillies have an easy stretch. Yep. And if the so, the Braves have uh, two against the Yankees, three against San Diego, three in Los Angeles. And then, for what it's worth, I know it sounds ridiculous, but four in Colorado. Colorado, one of the best home teams in baseball this year. I know it's crazy. Like, one of the worst road records in baseball by far. Uh, but they've been a good home team. So, it's a tough stretch for them. It really is. No, it, it is a tough stretch. And so, like, this is going to decide it. 
Um, and then my other, my other main like thoughts, uh, we get to this, I'm sure, but whatever, I mean, we're talking about where, where we're at with this team is that like, I need the offense to figure it out because I genuinely feel good about the starting staff and the bullpen. Are they amazing? No, but they're much better than they were at the beginning of the year. Like Rangers been a nice addition. I don't think that diamondback start was like, like even he didn't even pitch well, and he's only allowed three runs in five innings. Like I'll take that. So, um, and obviously, yeah, he pitched he pitched bad. He yeah, pitched bad. He did. But he allowed twelve base runners. I know. In four and I know. Years. But but he he hasn't shown that he's done that in the past. No, so. no, Rangers been fine. Yeah, he's been fine. Um, Not a lot of Matt Moore, fine. Matt Moore, like uh, I'll keep I'll keep. Liking what I'm seeing, but I can't go fully in. Carrying the torch. Oh, you're not like last pod when you went fully in. I oh, just want to uh, make sure. We're... I mean, he's he's just back to back, no hitter, and then you know another good, <laughs> another good outing. So, um, but other than that, like the bullpen, I think I think Girardi's kind of found the guys he can kind of trust there. You know, I think he can trust on most nights Hector Bradley and and Kennedy to get the job done. And and Kennedy, I think, has really turned a corner. It's like it's like when Kennedy first got here, he was like, oh wow, it's just jumping straight into a pennant race, huh? And then he allowed like three homers in three games. And then ever since then, I think he's been pretty good. So, like, but the offense has just been brutal. Like, the offense has just been straight up brutal for how much talent is there um, outside of Bryce, obviously. But uh, it, they need to get going. And because I think the starting, I think the pitching staff as a whole has kind of figured it out uh, in a sense. Yeah. Look, I, and we've talked about, I mean, it's all season long, it's been a theme. It's been before the season, something come back to that this team ultimately on a basic level is either going to win or lose because of the offense. If they make the playoffs, it's because the offense went on a streak for the last 38 games. Like that's why, like, so I'm very with you on that. And and that's, I agree with you. That's me. I mean, six runs in three games against Arizona, the worst staff in baseball. When we look back at this season, when they likely don't make the playoffs to your point, you know, I agree it is not over. And I really do think these next 10 to 13 games like by Labor Day because it is looking you know it's it just feels so silly to talk about all oh, the Phillies have easy games coming up because it doesn't matter like as we know and we just saw but they do have four at home against the Diamondbacks they've got three against Nats like they've got some some easier games coming up after this race series starting tomorrow so like it is the time like if they're gonna make a move if they're gonna catch up to the Braves it's gonna be now when the Braves theoretically hopefully struggle and the Phillies can take advantage of that. But, but I do think your bigger point is the right one is that they need to hit man. Like they need to, that Diamondback experience was so unacceptable. And, and at the end of the season, when we look back and when I think they don't make the playoffs likely we're going to look back at that series. Yep. Like that Diamondback series is going to be the moment. Like it's going to be the series. Dude, it's it's going to be the, the one where like, that was it. That the, was it. It's the Astro series of 2012. That's what it was. Yeah. It's a, Jack, that's a perfect comp, man. That's a perfect comp for it. Like, it's the it's the pivot point, and we're gonna look back at it and be like, man, that was it. They had it, and they and they blew it. Yeah, but and to their and that's again, that's what made like this weekend so frustrating. Like, yes, I'm glad they 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 took two or three, and really, <laughs> they probably should have swept. But um, I'm glad they took two or three. But like you, you should be able to lock in all the time when you're in a pennant chase, and like. I don't care if there's 7,000 people in the stands. There's been 7,000 people in, in, in Miami forever, and the, the Braves went down there and took care of business. There was maybe 500 people in the stands at Camden Yards over the weekend, and the, and the Braves went there and took care of business. Like Winning teams do that. Losing teams play down a competition and can't rise and can't grind and can't figure out to win games against bad teams. Yeah, I like it's it's exactly right. And and look, this Braves streak, and I know they've been at home and all that stuff, but like, it's a perfect example of that, right? It's like... Look, the Braves are not 
a great team. We've talked about this a lot. Like, I still firmly believe everything we've said about the fact that the National League East does not have a great baseball team this year. That's okay. That's why the Phillies are in it. Phillies might get a wild card. Phillies might get a wild card. (laughs) (laughs) Like... But, like, the Braves, what they're doing is they're a team that, as we talked about many times, a team that, you know, they made the playoffs, what, three years in a row. They they know how to win these games. They know how to kind of buckle down when it matters. And they're doing what it takes. They're they're beating the Marlins. They're beating the Orioles. They're beating the Nationals. Like, they're beating these crappy teams. And that's the thing the Phillies have not been able to do for years now. Like, just just beat the crappy teams. Like, it's so simple. Seemingly so simple, Jack. And you said it. Credit to you, man. Like, when we all did the whole, like, second half schedule, look at the Phillies. Everybody. It was, like, the go-to thing for pundits and radio and, and podcasts. Everyone to do was to say, hey, look, you know, I know they're buying the Mets right now, but the Mets schedule is really tough, and the Phillies schedule is really easy. And you said from the jump, like, yeah, I know the schedule is easy, but they don't beat easy teams, so I don't look at it like that. And you were right, man. You were right. Like, until they start to beat the teams they're supposed to on a consistent basis, they're not going to be a playoff team. Right. And, um, yeah, shocking that my ne- my semi-negative Phillies take ended up being the one that I get it right, which is highly annoying. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> like, seriously. Like, I can't, get one, I can't get one positive Phillies take right. But the one where I'm like, oh, I don't know if they can actually beat bad teams. They're, it's like, wow, you did it. You finally got one right, pal. It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's it's just, just absolutely brutal. But, yeah. Yeah, and that's why that's why yeah, this this yeah. this this next little streak here is is simply put the most important stretch of baseball in this town in a little while. And um, the thing that the thing that honestly sucks right now, James, is it feels like it's like they took two or three from the Padres, and it felt like no one cared. Um, no one cared because no, Jack, it doesn't feel like no one cared. No one cared. Like I think <laughs> I think this city is like so hurt about what happened uh post eight game winning streak that it's gonna uh-huh. it's just gonna take a, it's gonna take a lot more like they built up a lot of equity in that eight game stretch and to to completely just, you know, lay down after that, I mean, it's just I, I don't think I don't think the city and us and our listeners have quite totally uh you know, bounced back. No, and guess what? I don't blame them. I look, our last podcast was titled I feel like an idiot. Yes. For that exact reason because that's how I think I think that was like uh, uh emblematic of how every Phillies fan felt or at least like all the ones who bought in. There were shout out to the people. We had a few callers at the station. There were a few people who were like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm not buying this. I don't care. I'll be the killjoy. I don't care." Like, and good for them cuz they were right. But the vast, vast majority of us, Jack, we've been waiting a decade. Yes. A decade to feel that, man. Like, the fact that it was their first eight-game winning streak since 2011 and first seven-gamer since 2012, like, tells you all you need to know. It's that we were just dying for something, dying for real hope, for real, a real belief, a real, like, feeling that, oh, this isn't a mirage. This isn't early in the season. This is real. And and that eight game winning streak was that for us, and I and as a result, clearly, we just bought him way too much to it, like because we were just so desperate, Jack, so desperate for something like that, like desperate. I know, and I like I couldn't even I couldn't even seriously utter the sentence "Who let the fills get hot?" Like that's that's when you know that's when you know you're down bad. That's when you know you're down bad. I couldn't even muster up the the strength to say "Who let the fills get hot?" and and do all that. Tweet it though. I still tweeted it because it's funny. That's it's, <laughs> it's sarcastic. Um, but in all seriousness, I couldn't do it. Um, and, and listen, that's. I like that you choose you choose the forum where sarcasm is lost the most to be sarcastic. Which I is, know. 
pretty pretty funny. It's it's probably a mistake. It's probably a mistake. I know. But. You should say it on here where people can tell what you're saying, but no, you tweet it where no one has any idea. Well, here's what I do, James, is I keep people on their toes. You do. You do. It's good. I'm um, you know, that's why we love you, Jack. Yes, that's exactly right. But I guess uh, I guess I, to wrap up the point. Um, like there is a point. Yeah, I know. Like to wrap up the point is that <laughs> is that like even I like and I I love talking myself into the Phillies. Like, dude, that Diamondback series like really took it like took it out of me. Like it just it it's it it's they need to like slap me in the face and say I'm for real. For me to like, and now of course, if they sweep the Rays and do all this stuff, like yeah, obviously we'll be back. Like I'll be back faster than most, but um, <laughs> like, like I just, I just, I can't understatement of the century. I know. I, I just can't. I can't blame people for not being sold at the moment, and like, and I, I, I can't even fully get there myself because like, like that Diamondback series kind of told me all I needed to know, and I just, I can't shake it. I just can't shake it at the moment. I and look. I think that tells. Our listeners, all they need to know, you know, for you to say it that way, to to feel that way. I mean, that's strong, man. Like for me, let's put it this way. I'm not believing in them again until they're in the playoffs. Like I'm just like no hot streak. No, they could be three games up with three games to play. And I'm not going to believe they're going to make the playoffs. So they do it, Jack. Like that's what I've learned from the same game win streak as the one who wasn't ready to jump back in. And I did. I jumped. I, know. I was in. You're I the, said it to you. I you're like, the, they're winning the friggin' division. I think, I'm out, man. I'm out. They have to be in the playoffs. Like when they clinch, I'll be like, okay, I believe in these guys again. That's what it's going to take for me. I do think, and I mean this in in a very endearing way. I do think you are the biggest idiot of everyone. Like, I think <laughs> I think you I, should. I like that you led with the endearing part. You like, should feel like the it. you should feel like the biggest idiot I know, out of I know, everyone. I know because you spent all year uh, raining on everyone's parade. <laughs> I know, and then know. you bought in like an idiot, and they they came back <laughs> and they said, "I should I should be taking a victory lap right now." I. Sh- should not be talking about what an idiot I feel like I should be like, hey, I told you, listen to me, guys, and I can't do that. Well, no one likes idiot. the I told you so guy. I don't either. I, w- I would have never done that yes. anyway, but I could have is the point. But right. anyway, you're right. I do feel like such a big idiot. <laughs> All right, let's get into some specifics. Um, I think obviously, you know, you look at the weekend, you know, the wins were nice, but I think Nola's really that game. Mm. <laughs> Okay, I mean, you didn't watch, Jack, let me tell you, watching it live, like, man, like, really, it wasn't the worst, like, I've gotten so numb to these losses, these, you know, rip your heart out of your chest losses that I can't even, like, really think what the actual worst one is, like, there are ones that stick out in my head, the Wilmer Defoe one in Washington, the Hector three straight homers against the Dodgers. Like, like there are those games over the last two, three years that, like, stick out. 19 to 11. But man, nine, uh, absolutely, especially that considering the moment of the season that that <laughs> happened. Like, there, there are a bunch that just this series in Colorado. Like, we can just say how that about, in 2018. How like, about the last you know, four years of Phillies baseball? Yeah, exactly. There are so many of them. But, like, the thing is, man, Saturday night was right there. Like, it's... It's there. You get a two-run homer in the ninth to tie it, then a walk-off wild pitch, pass ball, whatever you want to call it. Like, man, that's high on the list. Um, let's start with the the Nola Girardi part of it. How much do you blame Nola for for giving up? You know, for ultimately not being able to finish it out, and how much do you blame Girardi for leaving him out there? Well, 
I probably would not have put Noel out there. If I, if I was in Joe's shoes, I probably wouldn't have, just because um, I felt like his. It's funny the location was still there, but it was down. I mean, like the the velo is down at like ninety two, uh, and I already, I already thought he kind of has, had done his job for the night, and I did trust the guys behind him to come in and get the job done if, if needed. So um, I I probably would have pulled him. I understand why I put him out there, um, but I just didn't think. It didn't feel as effortless, I'll say, as like the Cardinals start earlier this year or the Yankees start. It, it was obviously dominant, and it was like the literally the best I've seen Nolan forever. But I felt like those last two innings were were harder than than it was heading into the late stages of those games from earlier this year. Uh, so I probably would have pulled him and and whatnot. But at the same time, you know, he was he was an out away from getting out of it, and and he yeah. loved the home run and. So it, it it backfired, but like it easily could have worked out. Also, like Jankowski was like freakishly close to making that catch, dude. That and, and that would have been would that be the, like, the would that have been the best catch? Yeah, of all well, because well, because if he had made it, he would have made it over the wall. Like he would have gone over the wall, fallen over, and come back with the ball. So yeah, yeah, Jan, it might have been one of the great catches in the history of baseball. And it looked like he was gonna make it. Like, I thought for a second he was going to make it going over and falling over the fence. He was going to make it. And, man, yes, that would have been what because because there's no way he makes that catch without, like, fully going over the wall. You know what I mean? How often? Think about how much we watch baseball. I was like, how many times have you seen someone go over the wall and come back with the ball? Right? Like, never. Jeter. Right? I mean, <laughs> never like, the, the Jeter Dude, yeah. play. That was in foul. That was foul, though. That was a foul ball. Like, talking a home run where the guy goes over the wall and comes back over the fence with the ball. Like, never bleeping happens. So, yeah. And the only way he makes that catch is go. He went over the wall anyway. Like, he went over the wall without getting the ball. Like, if he gets that ball, if he has that extra, you know, two inches, whatever it was, he's going over the wall. So, yes. I honestly think it's one of the all-time great catches if he makes it. Um, I agree with you, by the way. And And here's the thing. Like, Look, it's not, you know, there have been so many Girardi moves this year that we've been angry about, that we've talked about, and there have been just, you know, flat-out disastrous ones, like, you know, the the not having Enyel on the lineup card and, like, the ones where it's, like, buffoonery. And there have just been a lot of poor decisions, and, and some I understand, some I don't, some work, some don't. But in this one, like, it really did, I get it, I get it. You know, I think there are a lot of people who kill a lot of managers for not letting pitchers pitch deep into games and finish things out and all that. And I get it. Like I generally lean more towards the we're softer with guys than we should be, uh, you know, mindset these days. But, but in this spot, like this was not one of those like, Oh, second guess it after like what? And, and uh, maybe a little different watching it after, but in the moment watching it live, like, there was no question he should have put Aaron Nola. Like, there was no question in my mind. And if you're on Twitter during the game, every single person on Twitter is like, why is Nola out here? And after he let the base runner, I'm like, fine. You want to let him start the inning? Cool. Like, once you give up the base runner, like, he had to pull him out of that game. Like, in the moment, for me, I was really angry about it, Jack. And I agree with you. I do think it's one where it's not as definitive. It's not as obvious. It's not like he was totally 100% obviously wrong. It was a a gray area call but in the moment i felt very strongly that it was the wrong decision to leave no in that game well given the track record of joe i mean <laughs> of course it was gonna <laughs> probably end up being the wrong decision which is yeah benefit of the doubt is not uh yeah. not gonna skew his way right? yeah and i do think joe's done a better job recently um and you know maybe that was just him using his feel but i, I he, 
I didn't think he was as dominant the last couple of innings as he was in the previous uh, complete games he's thrown. So, um, yeah, I I probably would have pulled him. You know, I don't like I, again. I think Kennedy's done a good job. I think Kennedy's turned a corner here, and um, and I just I you know I thought that would have been a better use of resources. So, but honestly, like that was the best Nola has looked in forever. Like that was that was different. I mean, I had never like I still I'm still thinking about his changeup. Because it's never had like, it's never had like that level of depth to it. Like it's always been one that kind of moved in a two seam way, but it never had that sink to it. And it was dancing all over the all over the place. It was it was an absolute game changer. And if he can if he can actually have that pitch, and it's not just a one start fluke. I mean, there's a, there's a different level level there in Nola, and maybe you know back to eighteen. Like this is, I actually probably have said this so far, but like this is the best I felt about. I mean that was that was the best he's looked since eighteen. And all honestly, that, that was the he's thrown complete games. He's struck out twelve in a row. He he's done all that stuff. But the the fastball was darting all night long, and the changeup was disgusting. He found the curveball a little bit late, but that that's what what twenty eighteen Nola looked like. Like that's what he was, and that's what we saw on Saturday on um on Saturday night. So um it was unbelievable, and it's unfortunate that it, it kind of blew up in their faces. But man, if they can get that Nola for the rest of the year, they have a legitimate shot at this thing. Yeah, and I, I agree with that statement. I just I, I don't know. know how you could I know I, you know how could you expect to get that guy? I mean, you're right. He's been that was the best, but he's been awesome at times this year. He had the ten straight strikeouts. He had that complete game shutout. He had the seven and two third shots with the Yankees. Like he's had brilliant outings this year, but like they're always interspersed with these four innings, four runs, or this or that or whatever. Like I just. It doesn't feel like Aaron Nola all of a sudden at the end of the season is going to rail off six straight dominant starts. Yeah, wouldn't that be a reverse course? You know, yeah. Terrible. Well, yeah, right? September, Mr. Mr. September? Yep. Yep. Some are saying that. Some are saying that. Nola's Mr. September. Um, but, yeah, I, I listen, I agree. I agree. I, I can't trust him yet. Um, but that was but he a, was nasty. That was a really good – that was a really good start on, on hopefully him being back because, again – like if he has that change up, it's it, it it was that was by far the best his change up has ever looked. So um yeah. no, he, just he, ridiculous. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, he and finally, look, he, finally was... he finally wasn't missing spots with his two seamer into lefties. You know, he's finally like hitting the low and outside and all that. Like he was finally spotting up glove side. And it's like well, about time. Um, because I'd never seen Aaron like miss his spots as much as he had this year. So, you know, you kind of hope that you hope that he wasn't just amped up to face his brother. And you hope that's why he was so locked in, and uh, and hopefully you get him back on track uh, heading down the stretch run here. Yeah, Gibby was awesome. Gibby. Obviously, I mean, just just a professional, pitcher, right? Like it, just a guy who goes out and just gives you good innings. It's it's so refreshing to see that guy take the hill. It really is. Oh, what a what a crazy concept! Just just goes uh, out know. there and goes deep into all right, games and all that stuff. We are. We are 30 plus minutes into this podcast and we haven't talked about probably like just in terms of, of news surrounding team, the biggest news that happened. We'll get to Reese being back and what that meant, obviously, a lot yesterday, but boom. And we've talked about on this pod, but um, Alec Boom's in the minors, Jack. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely did not think August 23rd we would be doing a podcast no matter where this season went. I didn't think that at this point in the season we would be talking about Alec Boom getting sent down. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's funny because, um, you know, I I was pretty on the record that I thought he was going to be their best offensive, like clearly their best offensive player. Me by too. The end of this year. So, so yeah, you know, uh, uh, 
uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Full transparency. Um, the WIP website, we had to do our bold predictions for the Philly season. Um, and if you go back and look at mine, it is Alec Bomer will be the best hitter on the, the Phillies. And I even said, I don't even know if this is that bold. So, yeah. And now he's in the minor league. So good take. Um, <laughs> let's, let's put it this way. Not the best hitter on the Phillies this year, believe it or not. So. Yeah, not even not even close. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's the right call. I mean, overall, it's the right call. And I, I it, the the whole his numbers since June first or whatever, or July first, like he's batting over three hundred and all that stuff. He might be batting over three hundred, but it's not like impactful numbers. Like it's it's these slap, singles. yeah, it's singles. slap hitting. Yeah. yeah, it's it's not impactful. Uh, he hasn't driven the ball hard all year, and honestly, like. His problem, for as much as his defense is his problem, obviously, which he needs to work on, like, he was just kind of mopey. And, you know, he, he he wasn't handling, like, honestly, what happened in the majors this year is probably the first time he has kind of had, first time he's felt any failure at baseball in his entire life, like a real failure. Um, and he just wasn't really handling it well. You know, he very emotional, both sides, you know, defense, offense, and, it, and the, the struggles of the plate, translated to the field and that just can't happen so um like he's got to figure that stuff out uh it's, it's like you know he's got to you know figure out a way to you know dig deep and and get out of slumps and and grind your way through it he just the body language was just off so you hope you set him down you know you get him right and then he comes back and, and he can help you out i i believe that he is going to be a a high level impact bat at the big league level i don't think it's gonna happen yeah I said, I said that, I said that, what, two months ago. I said, I don't think he's going to be, I don't think he's going to figure it out this year. And, you know, unfortunately he's in the minor leagues and that stinks, but he's down there. He's got, he's got stuff to work on. He's got defense to work on, but, but I think he's going to be an impactful bat. I don't know if it's going to be at third base. And, and I'm glad the move happened because you need Alec Bohm to get right. And he was not going to get right at the big league level. It just was not going to happen this year. He needs to, he needs some seasoning. He needs to he needs to figure it out a little bit, and it just was not going to happen at the major league level. Yeah, uh, he's a DH. We need the DH in the National League. I know you hate that. Disagree. Jack, it's for the, Disagree. It's for the best. It's for the be- the best of the Phillies, my friend. We need it. Um, I agree with everything you said. I think it was absolutely the right move to send him down at this point. I mean, what use is is him sitting on the bench six out of seven days a week? You know, honestly. You know, if we're talking about him progressing, if we're even talking about helping this team, like what is Alec Bone pinch hitting twice a week valuable? Starting once every seven, eight days? Like, does that do anything? No, it doesn't. Especially, you know, like you talked about, I mean, defensively, he's, he's unplayable. Um, and look, send him down. I mean, unplayable, Jack. Send him down. Let him get at bats. Let him, you know, work on the. Con- I mean, the confidence is clearly shot. I mean, we've known it all year. All year we've watched this guy play baseball, and you could just see it. It's, I mean, if there's a player who wears his emotions on his sleeve more now, like, boom, tell me who it is. Because all year long, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yes, well said. Like, all year long, we've just seen this guy, and we've seen him go through this, and it has been so evident and so clear watching these games what this guy's going through. And you know what? Like, get him out of this. Get him out of it. He's not going to figure it out here. And I'm, I'm very with you in the sense that I still believe in him long term. This guy with 338 last year as a rookie. Like, he stepped in the major leagues and hit 338. Like, that's not easy. That's not like fluky, you know, like you need to have a certain level of skill to be able to do something like that. I still believe in him long term. And look, I think Alec Bohm's development to me right now, more important than this season. So I am 
I, I absolutely am ecstatic they sent him down. He needed to be sent down. Like, either you play him every day or you send him down, and he can't play every day. You know, like, so pretty simple in my mind. Yeah, and the, the the part that has to get factored in here is that Freddie is on his way back. and so Yeah, well, I think that was a big part of it. Even if you don't, like, the, the thing that we're at with Torres right now is that he is starting to get exposed a little bit. Uh, the bat, the the listen, Ronald Torres is not a good hitter. Nope, he's never been a good hitter. He got a little hot this year and had some nice hits. Like he's always been a utility guy, a bench guy who plays great defense. Like, yes, they were relying on him too much offensively. So the big question for me is like when he when Freddie's back, do they put is is will Didi play third? Like. Are they going to be able to put Didi at third base? I mean, he would be. Well, it's a great, Jack, it's a great question. Because obviously, defensively for the club, having Freddie at short is way better than Didi. But no, if I had to bet, I'll bet you it's Freddie at third. I would bet that look, as well. Because look, the club would be better with Didi at third and Therese at short, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. But And I, and I would bet you Freddie's more comfortable playing third than Didi is. Yeah. As much as it sucks. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess they're going to have to live with it, but... I would like to see if Didi can play third because Freddie obviously is a much better defensive shortstop than than Didi. Yeah, no question. Um, all right, uh, I, I got something else I want to get uh, ask you about non Phillies related, and we got to get to the take back. But is there anything else from the weekend you want to get to? Well, I thought Matt Moore like it, it, I just I wish Matt Moore had this game plan the entire season um, because it, it's what it's what he was doing in spring training. Like this is what he was doing in spring training, and this season maybe would have turned out much differently if he if he didn't get away from the plan. Like the plan was fastballs in, changeups away, curveballs or strikes, and like for a majority of the season he's throwing his fastball like sixty percent of the time. Like, dude, it's not a good fastball. It's not a good fastball. So, um, you know, I don't know how this is gonna turn out. I don't, I don't, and I'm not gonna start selling you on Matt Moore is is the goat and all this stuff, but like. The way he's pitching right now is actually what you he's sure. Yeah, I know. But the way he was pitching was how he was pitching in tra- in spring training, and that's what made me believe in him. And like he, right now, he looks like a legitimately good ish, decent starter, which is fine. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's I like perfect. the through the ish in there. Thank you. But it's just like it's just frustrating, and I, I just I like his plan right now. It's like I like his plan of attack, and. It would be massive for for down the stretch if he can kind of continue to ride this hot streak and and you know pitch well down the stretch here. Yeah, look, it'd be great. And, and I mean, as far as I'm concerned, anything you get from Matt Moore is is a bonus. Yeah. Um. But look, look, he was great in that you know no hitter. Yep. <laughs> can we call, can we just say that? And he's been better. He's been look. Let's put it this way: as this is like the faintest praise that I can give, but it also feels like the most appropriate praise I can give Matt Moore. I'd rather he start than Chase Anderson and Vinny Velasquez. That's, That's right. That's exactly <laughs> right. But yes, I agree. And in all honesty, three out of his last four appearances have been pretty good. So maybe there's some hope here. Love it. What else you got? No, that's about it. I, I, I can say everything else for the for the take back. Okay, so we'll get to the take back in a sec. I'm going to go off topic for a sec. Um, I didn't know anything about this, but I see a tweet from the Marks and Reese account. Mm. Um, should Jack Fritz do the milk crate challenge? Mm-hmm. Explain. Well, have you seen what the milk crate challenge is? Yeah, no, I know what the 
great challenges. Like, are you trying to break your arm? Are you trying to break your leg? Like, what's what's the plan here, Jack? You're a big guy. The milk crate challenge is not built for someone of your stature. Let's be real. Is that a fat show? Is that a, is that? <laughs> no, no, you're a big. I said big, tall. Mm, mm. Well, you know. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll decide. I'll decide <laughs> after the after the show if I'm personally offended by that. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. Like he, like we brought it up. We talked about it on the air, and then like Mark's like, "Well, why don't you make it the Twitter question?" And I made it the Twitter question, and then I was, and then like they both don't think I should do it, which is probably a good call because it'd definitely be a bad idea. But they were like, well, what if it gets like 10,000 votes? And I said, all right, sure. So hopefully it doesn't get 10,000 votes and I don't have to do it. I don't want to do it. And, but I will say I'm pretty graceful. I got, I have good balance and I feel like I could just like fall and, and turn and, and flip over and I wouldn't land on any crates. Uh, okay. You don't, you don't think I would, you don't think I would do well? No. Really? Are we being real? Real? Look, I've had your back. I, mean, I thought you were going to run the under eight minute mile until I saw you that day and you talked about heat stroke. And I was like, eh, maybe you're not going to. But I believed in you up until then. I believed in you against Elliot. I believed in you against Joe. Shockingly enough, I really didn't put it together to this moment. But like for some reason, I think you're a way better athlete than you are. I always have your back in these things. Well, like, I am always. a great I was. I am a great athlete. I always have your back in these things for some. I never really put it together until I'm talking this out now, though. But I guess it's instinctual. But I always have your back. No. For the first time, Jack, I think the milk crate challenge is like the worst thing you could want. A to step do too far. Thing. A step too far. You yeah. think the milk crate? Yeah, challenge. Literally, literally and figuratively. Yes. I would probably agree. I don't think I would do it, <laughs> even if it got like I, I, I'm all for life's a bit. I love bits. I like you know creating content, and that, that thing is fun for people. I don't think I would do it. I really don't think I would do it. I don't need a broken neck. Good. That makes that makes me happy, man. Yeah. Like I appreciate that you know your boundaries. Like it's good. Yeah. I every video I see, I think, wow, I would never do that. So I'm gonna take that approach to this and say I would Smart. never do that. I'm really proud of you, buddy. Yeah. Well, see, it's, it's part of growing this. up. More and more evidence that I'm not the old guy on this button. More, you know? more, more, more wise. Yeah. You know. Yes. Well, it's part of being Funkle. You know, you got to be around for those kids. <laughs> not being a Baron, but Funkle. All right. Uh, take back. Uh -huh. All right. Um, I think Nap got crossed up on Saturday. You know, a lot of people I saw were, were ripping oh, I Nap. I thought you were going to say, I think Nap sucks. Dude. Can I take this moment? Can Dude. I? I, uh, I, sure. I have to apologize to everybody for abandoning my Andrew Nap sucks initial strong take that I had uh, and, and loving Andrew Nap. Guess what? Andrew Nap sucks. Nope. We're back, Jack. Nope. We're back. Literally could not be more wrong. I'm shocked at how oh. little you know ball. Anyway. I mean, he's a, like. No, he's not. Dude, minor league dude. player. Oh, this like, is ridiculous. I, bring Marshan up. No. He's better than Nap. No. Nap is horrible. No, he's not. No, he's not. Every single starter has a lower ERA pitching in Nap. His, his, he is here to call a good game. He is not a good hitter. What is so hard to separate he's a the two? Horrible hitter. He's, yeah, maybe block the ball. I don't know. Maybe play good defense. That'd be cool. Maybe you know, oh catch God. the ball when it's thrown to you. Like he got so lucky in that rundown play. Like he blew that play, and he got super lucky. The guy went to third. I and the understand. Guy go back to he had a bad lucky. stretch. He stinks. Ended up stinks. He does not stink. All of a sudden, he does not stink. It's a real tragedy. He stinks. Okay, Aaron, if JT if JT is starting that game on Saturday, Nola's getting lit up. So that's all I gotta yeah. say about that. I mean, I might be a better catcher. Nathan. You're not. A better I'm not catcher. sure. I'm not sure that I am, but like, it's possible. Mm. 
<laughs> your your lack of of knowledge of ball is disappointing. Anyway, moving on. Oh, is that so? Yeah. Yes, moving on. Um, Your ball knows ball, Jack. Big, ball knows ball. Big Yankees fan this week. Throw the 28, baby. Oh, got to be. Did you see that stat, by the way? How unbelievable is that? So this is the first the Yankees and Braves playing tonight. We're recording it. You know, any minute they're going to start playing. Um, it is the first time since 1901 that two teams with a nine-game win streak or more are playing each other. It's pretty amazing. Wow, really? Yeah, isn't that an unbelievable stat? I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was like, what? That makes sense. I mean, it's hard to win. In some ways it does, yes, but you would have thought like randomly at some point since 1901 it would have happened. Well, here we are. Here we are. So go Yanks. Big Yankees fan. Love that team. Always have. Road 28. Um, You know. (laughs) Yeah, Road 28, really? Yep. All rise. Ne- the amazing thing, you've never said a bad word about Derek Jeter, too, in your life. Yeah, now, I meant to bring this up when we brought up. When we were, you see what I did there? I, know. I, I knew the exact way to go with this. Um, you yeah, But when we were bringing up the Jankowski, <laughs> you know, the Jankowski play earlier, I would just like to point out on the Derek Jeter falling into the stands thing. He First off, any normally athletic shortstop is like can't thunder that ball. And second... He could have easily stopped before before running into the stands. Like he literally could have stopped. But no, it's all gonna be always oh, Derek Jeter. Oh, oh. Ugh, it's just it's just it's just bad. It's just all bad. What was that Yankees fan? I couldn't. Weren't you just doing a bit about yeah, being a Yankees fan? I know, fan? I know. But then okay. the, the Jeter bit overtook the go Yankees bit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I got Good. old. I got who's old. A, who's a longer term Yankees fan? You or Spike Gaskin? Who has been a longer, like a, a um, well, more dedicated, well, lifelong fan? Spike's a lo- an actual lifetime. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Just want to make sure I'm trying to get the bits. Yes. Organized. Okay. Good. Believe me, buddy. I got to keep the bits organized too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got old takes exposed over the weekend. Um, I saw this. Look at you, buddy. I just there's no dumber accounts. Like it's just. Like grow up with the, with the who cares about <laughs> old takes anymore? Like what a good people, what a good response. Like people have up, people like, have opinions on sports. Like it's not you don't have to like they don't have to turn into like a meltdown when people people are wrong all the time about sports. Like the the high and mighty like oh you're such an idiot like dude it's sports anyway. Um and like the the Braves fans there is again no dumber fan base. Like they think the whole like well boom didn't touch home thing is like a funny joke. Um, and I've had the, I've had it muted for like whatever. I looked at it; it's got like a hundred quote tweets. Like, holy crap, really? And they all think I they all think I like put the tweet out two weeks ago. I put it out two years ago. And also, also Austin Riley stinks. Like he's gonna go back to being the 240, 20 homer guy next year. It's not that big of a deal. And then I'm gonna get my revenge. I promise you, James, I'm going to be right on this. I would much rather have Alec Bohm than Austin Riley right now, ever, for all time. I like it. I uh, Jack, let me put it this way. I hope you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think all of us. Many people yeah. are rooting for that one to be right, pal. Yes, yes. Mm. All it right. has nothing to do with you. So. Yeah, nothing. Nothing to do. I'm totally not salty <laughs> about it. Um, I thought Pat McCarthy was great. Our guy, Pat McCarthy. I thought he crushed it. Yo, yo. Shout out to Pat McCarthy. Friend he of the, was awesome. Friend of the podcast. Uh, yes. big moment, big moment over the weekend, stepping in for pops who I am now calling Wally McCarthy. 
and it's <laughs> you know it's just it's just uh it's good to see pat great dude called some good games over the weekend it's so funny like he almost also so his first ever you know at bat is odubel he goes yard that's a, a fun little start and he almost had a perfect game like we'll talk about a start to a career we're, yeah we were i think i i think there were very few phillies fans who at some point during that we're not thinking wow can you imagine if Pat McCarthy gets a call perfect game his first game? Like, how crazy would that be? I know. I know. I texted him. I texted him, and I was like, uh, hey, buddy, <laughs> good start to your career, huh? Can't, it can only be downhill. I mean, seriously, it could literally only be downhill from here. So um, shout out to Pat. I thought he did a great job. Obviously, we love T-Mac. We're not calling him Wally T-Mac to his face. But – um, it's just, uh, yeah, good for, good look, for Pat. Look, 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 one of the two listens to this pod. That's the true. other doesn't. That's true. We're Pat guys. I love Tom. I really do. I think he's fantastic. Love Tom. I mean, Pat over Tom. It is what it is. It, it, I'm sorry. I gotta be real. I gotta be real. You have to choose. It's Pat for us. One listens to the podcast. One does not. So I think yeah. it's as simple as that. And I did totally butcher my first T-Mac impression. Um, you, know, you did a, a T-Mac impression? Yeah, I remember. Uh, and it was terrible. Oh, uh, oh, on the pod. Oh, yeah. that was, it was like, I can't, honestly, like it, it wasn't even an impression. It was Dude, just a disaster. It was like, the, it was a disaster. It was the most embarrassed I've been on this podcast ever. Like, I, <laughs> I'm pretty good at impressions, like decent enough. I'm not like Conklin, who's unbelievable. Like, I'm pretty good at them. That was like, it was just an abomination. Disaster. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was one of those, like, as soon as it leaves your mouth, you're like, I can't believe I yeah. did this. What yeah. a mistake this was. Yeah. Total, total mistake. Yeah. Total mistake. <laughs> um, so shout out to, to, to Pat. That was awesome. And uh, hopefully he can do it again. I'm sure he put some good tape out there. You know, good tape yeah. Tape for the for other sure. teams to kind of check out. get that tape, buddy. Go yeah. get that tape. Listen, big fan. Big fan of that kind of stuff. And uh, <laughs> my last thing in the take bag, and I'm going to say this. And I really hope it does not come back to bite me. Are you ready? Oh, buddy. Nothing ever good. Don't worry. It never happens with you. So we're good. Hector Neris is very good. He's just what are very you good. What are, are you Are you literally trying to submarine this? He's a free agent. At very. You're trying to submarine his career. You're trying to get him not paid. Actors out there trying to get paid. And you're just like, huh, watch this. Very good. Hector Neris is very good. What he's doing right now is straight up tremendous. And I am just so happy for his success. And I'm sure this will not backfire. <laughs> it never does. No. I mean, particularly with this one guy, right? Yes. Like it's so rare that anything we say about Hector ever comes back on us. So, exactly right. Yeah. So I think that should be fine. But in all honesty, like he's been the best pitcher, like the best bullpen pitcher this team's had for a while now. Like he's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, exactly really right. just looking back, he's given up like basically since July 6th, he's only had two starts where he's given up a run. One of them was three, but otherwise one run. And that's it. Like, it's like zero, 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 zero. Like just like zeros. Like he's been phenomenal. And my final thing, actually, I forgot in the take back is that if the Phillies sweep the Rays this week, we get to keep Eric Neander. I don't make the rules. I don't. But if they sweep the Rays, Neander stays. Love this. And co-sign it. And we'll even give you Dombrowski. You we'll, we'll even send you Sam Fold. Yeah. Sure. Oh, I mean, Array. Yes. I mean, like Array legend. Yep. 
who doesn't remember that April he had, you know, in like 2015 or whatever, or 2016? I and mean, that, that was catch. A, and that catch. And an all-time April. I mean, it's, people still talk about it in Tampa Bay. Sam Fold's April. So, yeah, I like this. I like this. Okay, this is the new thing. We get Neander. Yes. The Rays don't know it. The Rays don't know it, but yes, Neander stays. Too, too bad we won't sweep, but, you know. But it's if they do. Two. It's only two. Um, man, I, I, it would be really cool if the Braves lost a game or two so, like, we could actually get excited. Wouldn't that be cool? They will. I mean, just, they will, just, just, just a couple. You think so? Yeah. You know, yeah. you think they're winning out? I'm kind of in a they're gonna win out mode right nah, now. Nah, my my Yankees haven't won 27 championships <laughs> without just knowing how to take care of business. So I fully expect oh, my buddy. Yankees to come through this week. Me too. You got any final thoughts? <sighs> my final thought is that I don't like not being all in on the Phillies. Take two from the Rays. Keep Eric Neander. Go Yankees. And we'll talk to you probably not on Thursday, but we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, my mom's in town, guys, so yes. that's on me. Don't blame Jack. It is 100% my fault. Well, technically Tina's fault. If Tina! you want to blame Tina, blame Tina. She wanted to visit her granddaughter. Oh, uh, brother. Very like, selfish. Enough already, right? I mean, you get to see her twice a year. Isn't that enough yeah. already? Once should I mean, be enough. I got to be honest <laughs> with you. That's what I'm saying. Like zero. Like, come on. Just but, I mean, uh, yeah. you, know, you know, you you have said... I, I, I counted in my head, actually. This is actually my actual final thought, James. Is that you have said on the air three times in the last three days or whatever that the Eagles being good this year would mean the world to you. And I just, you know, it hurt a little bit. It just, it. What? Oh, so, so we're supposed to hate the Eagles? Is that the idea? Everything's a rivalry if you okay, make it a yeah, rivalry. Yeah, no. Uh, let me clarify that statement. Um, it's, it's strictly business. Like, my life will be so much better if the Eagles are good, Jack. Like, same for you, pal. Like, my everyday life, if the Eagles are good, is just so much more enjoyable than if they're bad. So it was really from that perspective. I didn't say I want them to be better than the Phillies, yeah. Jack. Well, I took it that way, pal. I know you always do. Yeah, I mean, chip on their shoulder is like, it doesn't even come close to describing it, Jack. Yes, I take everything very personal. Com- I think it's a complex. I think it's the word we're looking for. I just, you know, we're in the middle of a pennant race. The, the Eagle season right. hasn't even started yet. You're right. right. <laughs> uh, my final thought is, thank you for understanding that my mom's in town, and we will be back as soon on, as we can. Come on, Tina! Shout out to Tina. Shout out to Zoe. And shout out to Jack not doing the milk crate challenge because we need you here, buddy. We need you here. Do you? All right. Do you, though? I do. I mean, not really, but right. I, right. I, you know, yeah. I'm a fan. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> He's read some seltzer. We'll see you later.